In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, you probably heard the term fake news quite a bit over the last few years. It seems like that's one of the most trendy terms that we hear uh, every day. But, you know, there is truth to the idea of bias in the media, and that's the same case with finance. So today, we're going to be talking about where you can find that bias in financial media. So when you're doing your research and you're looking to... uh, to help build your plan, you're making sure you're taking the right information in and processing that rather than just taking what's on your screen or what on your mobile device or whatever you're using. So it's going to be a fun episode today. And as always, we will be joined by Phil Gusky and Barbara Lane over at Pathfinder Wealth Management here on the Retirement Pathfinder. How are you guys today? Good. Oh, we're doing well, Ben. Doing well. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Yeah, in fact, are you yeah, I was going to say, let me let me tell you right off the bat, I'm going to interrupt you to tell you that the Packers are playing the 49ers oh. this, this weekend. Yes, yes. And we're pretty excited about that. Um, also, yeah, it's, uh, we, you know, we're, we're pretty confident about the outcome there. So, uh, you know, we're in Packer country down here. <laughs> you're, 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 testing your, you're testing yourself there because when this comes out, this game will have oh. played. So hopefully you guys have advanced to the Super Bowl at this point. Oh my gosh! You know what? Well, we have to at least gain back some respect yeah. <laughs> with that first game, eight to thirty-seven. It wasn't it something, yeah. like, that. something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing too, I, I do, Ben. I owe you. I owe you a uh, an update on on what's happening at Deer Central exactly. here too. Uh, let me tell you that we have we have one last weekend here to score, and so coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we we do have the last uh, three days of of gun season. So um, I'm I'm pretty hopeful. I'm pretty uh, pretty hopeful that we're we're going to go ahead and and uh, get something into the freezer. You're, you're due. Nothing so this year, Phil. I've worked hard. I really have. Spent yes. a lot of money, a lot of time. Spent a lot of money on uh, stuff this but, year. But, you know, it, it'll pay off. Just I've got my fingers crossed. And the other good news was that my little 14-year-old, uh, Brittany Spaniel, who's my hunting buddy, is pretty sick there for a while. And we thought we'd have to take the long walk uh, yesterday. But uh, he's improved with some medication. So I'm pretty happy about that. Well, that's great yeah, news. little puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot on the line for for you guys this weekend. Then it sounds like between the hunting and the the big game. Oh, absolutely! This could yes, be a great weekend yes. or a pretty rough Go one. Pack. So I'm pulling for the former rather than the latter. Yeah, yeah. They're right there in Bears country, so I'm sure you guys have been uh, wearing your gold and green. <laughs> You're getting <proudly>. harassed. <laughs> exactly. <Yes>. Well, <laughs> let's move into our topic today because this is going to be a fun one. And I, you know, we talk about fake news a lot, but there is the idea of bias and and really it's more or less just the kind of the way the landscape of media has changed and and where you find media and how people try to reel in uh, listeners or readers or viewers however it is so we want to just kind of point out four key areas where you might find bias in financial media so that hopefully you are aware and can kind of pick these out when you're doing your research and trying to build your plan so let's start off with one that's very, very popular now because of the idea of you having to get people in, you have to catch their attention. And they usually do that with really catchy headlines or big breaking news graphics, something that's very catchy to the eye, but it's, it's sensationalism that mm. you'll see it quite a bit now. 
Yeah, sensationalism. That's really a, a hot topic here. And, and uh, you know, it reminds me, Ben, of, you know, in 1982, the rock star Don Henley wrote a song called Dirty Laundry. I remember that. Yeah. Ben, I think <laughs> that's, that's before one. you were born. No, I, uh, I, called, I like that. Did, did you ever hear that? Oh, Dirty yeah. Laundry? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it goes like this. It says, I make my living off the evening news. Just give me something, something I can use. People love it when you lose. They love dirty laundry. Yep. <laughs> and so I'm not going to repeat the rest of the song, but the whole idea, you know, it kind of gives you the idea of what's going on here. I always say that there's an element of truth in everything you hear. You just have to kind of sort out the, you know, the, the truth from the error. And so that song was written to reflect news media in general. It can also be applied, sadly, to the financial news media as well. Uh, last week, I was listening to a financial panel discussion talk show where the host said this. He said, I can't believe what he said. He said this. He said, this is the first time in market history where the last 10-year cycle began with the bull market and then ended with the bull market. That's fine. I can believe that. But then he said this. He said, I got so scared, I sold off all my Apple stock. Isn't oh, that interesting? my God. Wow. <laughs> got scared because he's in a bull market. Well, this is how yeah. he followed up. He says, how long do you expect this bull market? He's talking to the, the panel now. He's asking the question, how long do you expect this bull market to continue? And when do you expect it to end? And what should folks do to avoid the loss? Dirty laundry, dirty laundry. Okay, <laughs> of course, uh, 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 the other four panelists, when they chimed in, they had six different opinions and, and they shouted over each other to the point where you couldn't understand what was being said. It was like listening to a, or, or looking ahead at a, at a sudden death athletic playoff, it was just impossible to really. So proper. Uh, yeah, it was just terrible. It was <laughs> awful. But, you know, it caught your attention. Look at all the commotion going on. And this guy sells his Apple stock. Holy smokes. Uh, now, one thing we have to understand about the media, Ben and, and Barb, we understand this, is that, you know, they are exempt from liability in terms of, uh, of what they say on the news, on, on the uh, broadcast. It's not that way for the rest of us folks out here in, in the real world. So they can get by with just about saying anything. So if this guy sells his Apple stock, that must mean we all should sell our Apple stock. Well, here's the correct answer to that question that the host asked. It goes like this. Well, Bob, hasn't this bull market been great? The folks shouldn't worry much about the bear market if their portfolio is precisely allocated using Nobel award-winning research that is based upon evidence-based investing. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> that won't go very far. No. What do you think will happen to the show's ratings if all the sensationalism is goes? It's going to be taken out of the balloon. It's going to go out of the balloon. Yeah. Uh, it's just boring. You know, academic based. What are you talking about here? Well, here's another one. Here's another example. It goes like this: The Chinese are going to take over the financial world. It's kind of like pinky in the brain. You know, yes. I'm <laughs> going to take over the world. Okay, that might be a bit of an exaggeration as well. Mm -hmm. According to Bloomberg. Listen to this. The U.S. has 52% of the world's wealth as measured by market capitalization. That means that 52% of the world's wealth is in those companies that are public companies. That's unbelievable. Yeah. We're, we're the wealthiest nation in the world. But here's, here's the other side of it. China, by comparison, is a distant runner-up at only 3%. Yeah, I think Japan's higher. Yeah, yeah, 3%, hmm. yeah, 3 wow. versus 52%. You know, it's about on the same par as France, which has an average working week of 28 hours. You know, I mean, it's about the same. Two-hour lunches. Yeah, two-hour lunches. You know, they work, uh, you know, whatever number of hours per week, 28 hours a week. And by the way, you're right, Barb. The next richest, richest nation behind the U.S. is Japan at 8%. 
So wow. 52% down, that's unbelievable. So how in the world can people justify thinking that China is going to take over the world, you know, financially? They don't know. It's an exaggeration. It's sensationalism. <laughs> sensationalism. Okay, sensationalism. But uh, China can bankrupt us if they call in all the loans. That's the other thing. They do have loans. You know, we've lent them, uh, uh, we've, we've taken their money and, and given them uh, securities in exchange for their money. Dirty laundry again. Although China holds only 5% of our total debt, they aren't going to call on their loans anytime soon. Why? Because we are the most trustworthy debtor in the world and we pay our, our loans off, we pay our debt, and we're the most secure of all debtors in the world. So remember the old saying that drives papers, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, they ask for a price and we're paying it. But I think it's important to remember that most media outlets might make, make it seem like that they're, they're there to inform you, but their job is really just to entertain you. It's entertainment. Think about Jim Cramer. Now, I'm sure there's some people that take Jim Cramer's advice, but you know he's not a fiduciary. He's got pages and pages and pages of disclosures, but it's all entertainment. Yeah. Well, here's the second part of this whole thing. It's paid placements, okay, mm -hmm. paid advertising. So, you know, the question is how unbiased is paid placement? endorsements of products, financial products or services. Well, who in the world is going to pay for a review or ask for an interview about their product or service that isn't favorable, Captain Obvious? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Nobody is going to pay for anything that's not going to be favorable in their interest. And, but there are some companies out there that have really become what I call masters of the universe in terms of branding. Uh, I'm thinking of one large company that has over $5 trillion under management worldwide, and it's become the, the biggest and best in terms of pricing. They are the biggest low-cost provider of mutual funds out there. Low-cost, that's it. No academic research available, just low-cost. No plan design that includes products outside of their own company. Low-cost, cheap products, low-cost. If you want an index fund, you get it. You can get it cheap. But does the index really provide you, or does that index fund really provide you with the most competitive of companies. No, if you look under the hood and you examine that particular index, it may not. And I call that company the McDonald's of the financial services industry. And the question is, could there possibly be other restaurants out there that you could order better food at more reasonable prices? Sure. Mm -hmm. But buyer beware, you always get what you pay for. So Mr. Financial Customer, could I supersize that order for you, please? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Barb. You know, I just say, why would they care about an individual's success? You know, what's in it for them to care? Whereas what we have is relationship building because we'll see our clients regularly. They like us, they trust us for advice, and they listen, and they, de they decide it to partner with us. And that's, we're fiduciaries. But that's where our vested interest is, is in our clients' lives. So contrary if they have no clue who you are, will never meet you, their only interest in helping you is from their financial gain only, yep. they're pushing something that likely isn't in your best interest. But, you know, on the other side of this, Barb, you know, these companies have the clientele and the, and the public really trained because on the other side of the issue is the financial consumer who expects, in fact, demands a simple, cheap, one-and-done, easy-peasy mm -hmm. solution. No due diligence for them. No, 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 we're not going to look into this thing. No way they will go for the big names. And so that's the thing you have to be careful of. And let me give you an ex example of how, uh, how this uh, really plays out in terms of our history, in terms of branding, as, in terms of really promoting 
their particular brand in in a uh, in a very effective way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put Barb to the test here. I'm gonna test oh. her. And so uh, let me give you a test, Barb. <clears throat> and this demonstrates how effective paid placement advertising really is. So you fill in the blank. Are you ready for this? Okay. Things go better with Coke. There you go. <laughs> or how about this one? <laughs> pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. There you go. Good. See, <laughs> I you're... remember the probably what I remember that. <laughs> yeah, you're trained. That's Alka-Seltzer, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. How about this one? Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. There you go. And this is a tough one. And uh, we discussed this earlier. And I know you didn't get this one, but I'm going to give it to you again. Okay. You, hopefully you remembered it. Rice Aroni. The San Francisco tree. There you Got go. It. There you go. Yeah, and 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 Ben, I'm going to ask you this one. This uh -oh, is one. This uh -oh. one's for Ben. Are you ready for this? Okay. All right. Here it goes. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and cracker jacks. Ah, <laughs> is it cracker jacks? No, no, I don't think so. What is it? Baseball, hot dog. Now this is before your time. This is a 1968 Ben. You know, so we have to give you a break on this okay. one. But Barb knows the answer to that. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. 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 Okay. Chevrolet. Yeah. Yep. Did you ever hear that one, Ben? I don't know that I have. Oh man. Let's go back and look at that one. Right. I heard all the other ones. Though. I would have been four for four on the other ones. <laughs> we're just we're not gonna have one. to take you on a walk through memory lane here. Okay. <laughs> so, so the question is: Have all these products been the best of brand? Well, all you have to do is is tell Toyota uh, or ask them that question in the 1980s, where they cleaned GM's clock. They really mm -hmm. did. So what it really boils down to is unless you're willing to roll up your sleeves and educate yourself by understanding that something called, we, we call it evidence-based investing, where you look at the facts and you're able to weigh this thing out carefully, you're going to fall to the ad industry's trickery and miss out on some of the best places where the, the greatest market returns come from. Amen. Yep. And, I, and the other thing about that paid placement too is, and much along those same lines, is media and advertising has gotten so clever that it's disguised so well that many times you have no idea that you're reading an ad or you're reading a promotion that's been paid for and it can deceive you and you can just, you can buy into it all in. And next thing you know, you're, you're investing in something that somebody paid you basically to read. So it's, it's, it, you gotta yeah. be very careful when it comes oh, to do. advertising these days. Uh, so do. those are the first two. Let's go to the third one and that's the wrong audience. So, you know, the message is out there and the message might be accurate for a portion of the population, but for you, you might be listening to that message and it might be completely wrong and inaccurate for what you need to be doing. That's very true. You know, this is a common occurrence, actually. People invest in their 401ks this way, according to their friend or their friends at work. And this is a huge mistake. So you can have a 35-year-old that can be listening to a 60-year-old. And they often compare portfolios to their neighbors, to coworkers, to their relatives, and even what seems to be a balanced, quote-unquote, account for them, maybe. It's going to be totally different than a balanced account for us. So Roth IRAs, is that's another example. We're big proponents of Roth conversions, especially if you're between the ages of 59 and a half to 72. So if it makes sense to do so, we look at your tax return, and if to convert some of your IRA means you'll be in a higher tax bracket to do so, then it wouldn't make sense to do. So of course, we're not going to recommend that. But this is a quick story. I met with uh, someone recently who was 68 years old and thought he should withdraw some IRA money now and, and just pay the taxes. That That's all there was to it. He just thought that he should withdraw some IRA money now, reduce his IRA before he has to take money out. So he withdrew $40,000 a couple of years ago, paid the tax, and put the money in a savings account. He didn't need the money. 
So first off, it may not have made sense to withdraw $40,000, depending on his tax bracket. And secondly, if he didn't need the money and was paying the taxes, he's willing to pay the taxes on it, open up a Roth IRA. That's a tax-free account. He could have done a Roth conversion. So if you're thinking of doing something like this, get another opinion. You know, it's funny. J.P. Morgan said years and years ago, just before the big stock market crash of 1929, that when he heard his uh, shoeshine boy talk about what kind of stocks to buy, it was time to get out of the market, (laughs) which is really kind of funny. But, (laughs) you know, nobody wants to be uh, thought of as being a dummy, right? So that's the first rule. And number two, you know, everybody likes to brag. And so you have to be really careful when you pick up tidbits of information about how well your neighbor is doing in the stock market. You know, nobody wants to be looked at as a loser either. So, I mean, they're not going to tell you, you know, their, their mistakes. They're not going to tell you where they're, they picked the wrong stocks or the wrong, the wrong pony at the tr- racetrack or, you know, what the wrong football team on their, you know, with their buddies. So uh, be careful because how can you get correct information? You, you have nothing to compare it to. You have really no details. Uh, you don't even know if that investment's appropriate for you. Right. It might be appropriate for them. They might have done okay, but for you, it may not be in, in your best interest to buy it. That's true. So the final place you find bias in financial media is when somebody's up there pushing or saying, sending you a message, but there's always maybe a little something behind that message. They own that stock. They're trying to drive it up. Maybe they were burned by a stock or a product and they want to shoot it down for no reason other than just spite. But having an ax to grind is another reason why there's Mm. bias in the media. Yeah, that is very true. So let's say, suppose you're listening to a stock market analyst and he's um, he's asked about Apple stock. He wants to tell you to sell it as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so let's say that he tells you to sell it and he's telling you to sell it though because he had a bad experience the day before. So we know banks buy stocks. We know the banks buy blocks of stocks so that they can sell it. And the question is, is it in your best interest? So products and stocks got ideas. If they're getting a high commission, then that's what they'll sell. Anytime you hear of one single idea, remember also that it's for the masses. It's a law of numbers game and there will be buyers. So you're not going to hear, like Phil said on TV, them to tell you to do your homework and do your research. They want you to act quickly. They want you to act now. Yeah, it's impulsive buying or selling. Yeah, they they may have been told for, by the company to sell a certain stock. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes it's a higher commission product they want to sell. And yes, it could be something as trivial as having a bad experience, and now that person has a personal vendetta. So do your own research. I've always said if it's good today, it's good tomorrow. But but pay attention to where you're getting your information from. Yeah, the other part of that thing is, well, never be pressured into buying something that you're totally unclear of or you have some doubts about. And that's one of the things that I've always, you know, people are, are pressured into buying things. And often, you know, they have buyer's remorse about it. And that's probably a good reason why they shouldn't buy it uh, that quickly. Snap financial decisions aren't good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question. There's there's bias everywhere. I mean, it's not just the news media. It's financial media. It's really all types of media now because it's now more about entertainment than it is accuracy many times. So one way that you can avoid being susceptible to that bias is by working with a fiduciary, working with an advisor that's got your best interest in mind. Phil and Barbara do that as well. And I'm sure you guys too would be happy with somebody coming in and with ideas, you know, investment ideas or products they saw and just getting your feedback and your and your thoughts on it before making a decision. Absolutely mm-hmm. we would. Yeah. The first time they come in, Ben, it's just a conversation. 
So yeah. We'll spend an hour talking to you about about you and your family and what you'd like to accomplish and you know what are some of the issues you're facing when do you want to retire it's it's really a getting to know you is all that are the first appointment and it's complimentary um that's all it is with mm-hmm. us when someone mm-hmm. comes into our office for the first time well that's great so you can get in touch with uh, barbara and phil a couple of ways you can find them online at pathfinderwealth.com there's resources there as well for you on their website so check that one out but you can also call their office at 815 9806. So make sure you uh, you sit down and go through these things because there's a lot of people trying to mislead. Whether intentionally or not, uh, there is bias uh, all over the place these days. So work with somebody that can help you sort that out. And that's what Phil and Barbara do. So thank you both for uh, your time today. Enjoy the conversation. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Hey, go pack. <laughs> go yeah. pack. Next time we talk. We will uh, we'll have a result for uh, that we game. Will. So hopefully that and the deer. Uh, you, we got good news all around next time we talk. So thank you for listening today. Make sure you subscribe too when you have a chance on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen, and uh, you'll have every episode delivered right to you. So thanks for listening to the Retirement Pathfinder. We will talk to you again on the next episode. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.